And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 102, coming at you podcast only this week. Uh, As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, flying solo again. Uh, We had some scheduling issues uh, precluding MC from joining us for the live show earlier this week, so I decided to take my time, do the podcast, uh, so you're going to get another edition of Rich Reads the News, uh, and hopefully next week, uh, MC will be back joining us. Um, couldn't join us th- uh, at the time I'm recording this, which is, you know, which is again why I'm doing it solo. Uh, but we'll do another episode of Rich Reads the News um, and hopefully get another live show out to you guys next week. Uh, so no call-in numbers, no call-ins this week because it's, a, again, podcast only. Um, but hopefully when we go live again, uh, we'll get some of you guys to, to join in on the conversation and, and talk to us. Now, before we get into Rich Reads the News, um, there's one thing that I really wanted to talk about uh, earlier this week, and it's a little bit um, not as fresh in my mind as when we were anticipating doing the live show. Um, However, I want to get it out there. So for for those that don't know, um, my regular day job, right, because this is the non-pay, do it for fun, do it for the love of what we do type of thing. Uh, But my regular day job, I work in a restaurant uh, in the kitchen. Uh, not there's anything wrong with that. Just it's what I do. Um, and this week we got visited by the local health inspector. Oh, what a joy. Oh, what fun times were had uh, as she came into the kitchen and started to nitpick and, and point out all the health code violations uh, that our, our restaurant had. And, and uh, during a busy lunch rush, too. I might add, like she didn't even care that we were like busy cooking. She was just like, you know, milling about, nosing around, pointing out some dumb shit, um, pissing everybody off. Um, but because it's not my restaurant and I'm just a paid help, uh, I had to suppress, uh, my feelings, my emotions, my words, uh, and just, you know, let things happen and let, let the, let the people with cooler heads, uh, handle the witch that was, uh, in our midst, um, and then I knew that I could come here and sit and, and, you know, kind of vent my frustrations a little bit out there. Um, not that I had a lot, um, but just, just to point out, uh, you know, the, the unnecessariness, if that's a word, of what she does. <clears throat> um, and I know it was frustrating for the bosses and frustrating for the chef and frustrating for my coworkers or coworker as well. Um, just, you know, based on what they were talking about after the fact. But, you know, what the, the big thing that got me thinking was, you know, she comes in and she starts, you know, like issuing commands and diktats and telling us, um, you know, what we can and cannot do, what we must and must not do. And as if she owned the place. Right. But but, you know, again, this is not polite society. So she kind of does own the place like she has the power uh, to shut the restaurant down, to stop all business from being transacted uh, at, at her whim, right? Like if she was having a bad day, which may, she may have been, if she was having a bad day, she could just find all the violations, shut the restaurant down, and say like, sorry, uh, no, no selling food for you. Um, but it's a, a ridiculous amount of power to give such a stupid human being uh, to begin with that I don't, uh, you know, it just, it's just one of those, like the, the one thing I was thinking was, you know, in, in polite society, right? If we were living in polite society, uh, it would be perfectly okay to drag her out back and string her up, you know, by a noose and, you know, just, just for, just, just for coming in and thinking that she has that much power over the, the ownership of the restaurant. Um, and one, and, uh, aside from all the, the, you know, the restaurant things she pointed out, like she looked at me, um, and if you haven't seen my picture, on our website. Um, I'm a fairly handsome guy, 
But I, I also have uh, quite a few piercings, facial piercings. Like I got four ear piercings, you know, one in the eyebrow, two in the lip, one in the tongue. Um, and she took a look at me and said like, oh, I don't, I don't know if you can work with all those piercings. Um, well, who's going to stop me? <laughs> you know? And she went, me, me, I'm going to stop you. And I, I kind of looked at her like dumbfounded, right? Because I, I, I wasn't looking. I didn't want to say anything out of place, right? And make things worse for the restaurant in general. Um, but there, there was like no one around to like to, to back me up, right? And her concern, uh, her concern with like all of my piercings was, you know, un- uh, uh, that they were going to fall out into the food at some point. And she was like, I don't know if you can work with all those all those piercings. I was like, well, why not? You know, she's like, well, unless you can guarantee, you know, that they're not going to fall out and fall into the food. And I was like, oh yeah, I can guarantee that because it hasn't happened in like you know three years, right? I haven't been working at this particular restaurant for that long, but I've been in the food industry um, for you know, uh, I think either close to or over three years at this point um, with facial piercings, you know, with ear piercings, all that good stuff, uh, and never once has uh, a piercing like fallen out and into the food and no customers have ever complained uh you know of, of finding a metal ball uh or, or a, a, a spiked stud uh in their meal so i was fairly confident you know that that, that was not going to happen um and i just i you know what i really want to say is like get the fuck out of my face bitch you know because who cares you know, if I have faith, this is the reason I work in a restaurant, right? Because there's not a lot, there's not a lot of career paths you can go down uh, and look the way I look and have it be okay, right? If you're, you know, even uh, even like the front of the house staff, right? They 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 likely would not be able to have the piercings that I do uh, and serve the customers because it's scary. People get frightened. They're like, oh my god, what are we gonna do with the guy with the lip stud? <clears throat> so weird. Um, but I think it's being more accepted in, in polite society. But I digress. Uh, but so so she was thinking that she could, you know, she was she got all huff and a puff. Right. Me, I'm going to stop you. And I'm like, oh, all right. But, I, you know, it's never going to happen. Um, and luckily, she kind of backed down. Right. Like it was, she didn't make me take it out. She didn't make me, you know, like leave work for the day. She didn't tell the owners that, oh, that guy, he's got too many piercings in his face and I don't like it. And you got to, like, tell him to take it out. Otherwise, it's going to fall in the food. Um, or maybe she did. I didn't, I didn't see that conversation, but she found, she had so many other things, uh, little things to bitch about, um, that hopefully she just let that one slide. Um, and the other thing I was thinking is, you know, like when she walks into the door and like starts, you know, nitpicking at little shit like that was, are you trying to make enemies? Right. Like, you know, is, is, is that the way, is that the way to approach the situation was like, I don't like the way you look, boy. You know, I don't think I'm going to let you work looking like that. You know, like. Are you trying to make an enemy? Like, do you even know me, lady? Right? I mean, again, things would be different in polite society. But at the same time, do you really want me as an enemy? You know? Like, you don't you don't know what I've done in the past. You don't know what I'm capable of doing in the future. You know, you don't know that your silly little pen uh, and pad and restaurant decrees may not deter me. Um... I like, don't get me wrong, I like working in the restaurant and all, but, you know, if if it's going to be like that, I'll find another place to work later, uh, and I'll give everyone a piece of my mind on the way out. But do you want, you know, the real anarchist experience? Do you want, like, 
you know, like when, when I end up in court, right, I go there under duress, number one. And I always look at it like, you're ruining my day. I'm going to do my best uh, to ruin yours. Not through actions necessarily, but through words. Like I'm, I'm, an, I'm an insult god uh, if I do say so myself, which I do. Um, so it's like if you're, if you're going to come at me like I don't like the way you look and you shouldn't be working here, you know, because I've got my magic pen, and, you know, license from the state to say so. Like I'm just going to let you have it, you know, and if I felt like it. I didn't feel like I like like I said I like the owners. I don't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to make any waves, right? But I very well could have, and I could have left her like stunned and possibly crying, uh, you know, just be, just because she decided to you know be less than friendly uh, in the scope of her work, right? Like you know, there's. I'm sure even in that type of position, there's you know the the, the polite way of going about things. And the not polite way of going about things, and it, in any other situation, if you just walked up to someone and said like, "You shouldn't be able to work when you look like that," you know that that would that's that's not the polite way of doing things. Um, but luckily, again, cooler heads prevailed, and I could talk about it here. Uh, there's one other thing, and the, the the other thing was like, I wonder, you know, if she's looking at me and going like, "You've got too many," right? I wonder like. What's the rule? What's the law? What's the regulation that, you know, dictates uh, the total amount of piercings that can be had in the kitchen, right, in a, in a restaurant for health vi- for health reasons, right? Like if, if I've got eight, right, and the maximum is like, you know, say 12, right, that is like two of my coworkers could have like pierced ears and we'd all be okay, right? But if three of my coworkers came in with pierced ears plus my eight, that's like 14, that's like two too many two piercings, you know, is that the violation that they're looking for? You know, or, or what if the max is eight, right? And I've got, I've already got the eight, right? Does that mean like if my coworkers come into work, like we're, we're over the max and now we're in violation and I've got like take a couple out, you know, what's, what's the deal? Cause it can't just be me, right? They can't be like one, you know, on, only this guy, right? Only this guy with his eight is, is two too many. But if everyone else has like two or three or four, that's okay. But on one single person, you know, eight is just way too much, way too many piercings for one person. This is, this is obscene. This is ridiculous. Uh, you know, in the restaurant setting, right. For, for the safety of the customers, um, you know, and uh, so like, what's the, what's the max, right? Where, where is she pulling, where is she pulling that out of her ass? Where, where, where she's got, you know, where, where is it written down what her authority is and what is the scope of that authority? And, you know, like I'm, I'm asking these questions in my head, right? Cause again, I'm, I'm being cool. I'm being calm. I'm not asking them in, in public, but I want to know, I really want to know. So if you know, let me know, uh, where is the scope of authority that she gets, you know, where, where that counts, uh, as something that falls within her, her scope, her realm of jurisdiction where she can say like, Oh no, no, that is just too much metal on your face, boy. Uh, you know, it says right here in part of uh, article two, section eight, uh, you know, of the, the Hawaii revised statute for whatever it happens to be, uh, that the maximum number of metal piercings allowed in the face of kitchen employees, uh, for the total kitchen, mind you is 12, right? And you're already at eight. So you're lucky you don't have any coworkers here with piercings. Otherwise, Ooh, you guys would be in such deep trouble. You know, where, where does it, where does it say that? And, uh, and, and again, you know, in polite, if this was polite society, why bring it up right why is that why is that all of a sudden happen to be an issue uh you know for that and then she went around like you know nitpicking other things and the other thing you know uh, um 
was talking to a coworker after the fact because he ended up having to clean it. But she went, your guy's shelves are really dirty. I'm like, all right. Okay. You got to clean that. Like, the shelves, you know, like they, they have like pro- not, not food on them, right? But like boxes and, and tools and all that other kind of stuff. <clears throat> and it's like, well, I don't want the dirt then the dust to fall off the shelves and, and trickle into the food. I was like, all right, all right. If, if this is the level of detail that we're going to be, that's going to be had here, you know, then this is not going to be a fun time. Um, and so, you know, late, later in the evening after she'd gone, you know, when the, the boss tells one of my coworkers, like, oh, yeah, dude, before you leave, just go ahead and, like, wipe down the shelf. Uh, and I, I was, I, I knew why he said that, right? And I was like, and just remember, the fate of the restaurant depends on it. You know, like, like if you don't wipe down the shelves, we're all out of work. Uh, and my coworker is like, I don't think they're looking at the shelves. I'm like, you would be surprised, my man. Like, that's the that's that's the level of insanity that this chick was going through. Um, you know, in, in her pursuit of her uh, in her pursuit of keeping the restaurant safe and healthy for customers, was you know, uh, you got to keep those shelves wiped down. Um. So yeah, I just so just frustrating all the way around. And then the boss comes up to us after she leaves and goes like, "That bitch." Like, what what happened? She goes, she gives us all this, you know, all this stuff, you know, that's that's wrong. And then she goes, uh, "Oh, the food looks good. I think I'm gonna bring my girlfriend back and you know and eat here." It's like what, you know? It's literally like what you would be okay eating the food uh, because it looks good, but you know, all of a sudden, all these other things are a problem. And like bullshit, lady. You know, you you just having an off day, and you know, sit and swirl and go fuck yourself for the most part, in my opinion. <clears throat> Again, can't say that to her, or you know, when the boss is around. But that's I'm saying it here because this is my outlet, and this is where I can vent, and this is where I can say stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and and again, you know, going back to my original point, in a polite society, just string up our back, like you know, no no one no one should have to endure uh, that type of scrutiny in their own business. Right. Customers come in voluntarily. We pay the bills. We, we, we you know, we interact voluntarily. People we're, we're not the ones forcing ourselves onto anybody. Uh, unlike this health chick. Oh yeah. That was the other thing. You know, she, she was, she was telling us, she'd give us a sob story about another restaurant she was working in, um, where, you know, one of the customers got sick and, and uh, from like salmonella poisoning or something is, it was like now on dialysis. Right. She's like, and you know, so we, we got to prevent that. Um, and at the time, everyone was like, oh, yeah, okay. I, but I was thinking, right, I was, you know, when she said that, I was thinking, was like, wow, are you guys paying for the dialysis for them? You know, isn't, isn't if, if your responsibility as the health department uh, is to prevent this type of thing from occurring, uh, when it does occur, shouldn't you foot the bill? Like, isn't, doesn't that, isn't that a negligency on your part, health department, Right. If, if your sole responsibility is, you know, for the health and safety of the customer, anytime a customer gets sick, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's negligence on the health department. It's a, it's a, uh, uh, so they're not doing their job, uh, to prevent it. They're, they're negligent. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I want to know, right. I, I wanted to ask and I didn't, again, I didn't, uh, but I want to know what are the, what is the health department doing to support this, you know, this, this, this customer, 
right? Are they are they paying restitutions to the family? Uh, are they paying for the medical bills? Because surely, if the health department was doing their job uh, properly, efficiently, effectively, right, then this guy wouldn't have gotten sick. And it's only due to the negligence of the health department from preventing this from happening in the first place. Uh, you know, like where were they? You know, when the when the when the restaurant was serving bad food. Uh, the other restaurant, not my restaurant. My restaurant's cool. Uh, where were they when the the other restaurant was serving bad food and getting people sick, right? You know, uh, are are they there like the police after the fact to issue, you know, to to get their cut of the money? Well, now that someone's gotten sick, you're fined, right? You know, uh, as, as you know, something like that, right? But no, the 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 the, the family should sue the health department for fa- for failure uh, to perform their duty uh, and to prevent this from occurring. And wouldn't that be something uh, if every time someone got sick at a restaurant or whatever, you know, got a little tummy ache, uh, you know, rather than rather than, you know, as, as long as we're not in polite society. Right. Let me get this straight. If this was if this was polite society. Right. The, the anarchist experience where we're, everything's voluntary, um, you know, it would be it would behoove the owners of the restaurant to do the right thing and to make amends for a mistake. Right. It's not what I'm saying. I, I totally believe in that. But as long as we're going to live in this, you know, this uh, this this crazy nutty mixed up world where where bitches like that have the say that they do right uh if we're gonna live in that world wouldn't it be nuts wouldn't it be cool wouldn't it be fun uh if whenever you got like a little sick of the restaurant you like you sued the health department sue the state right because they got the money anyway but like file just just inundate them with lawsuits for for uh, failure to fulfill their duties, uh, for negligence on their part, for allowing these things to, you know, to and just make them pay, uh, since they're, since they, they, since they want to assume the responsibility for the health and safety of the populace, right? Let's hold them accountable to that responsibility when they do it and make them pay when they're negligent and when they fail to fulfill their duties, right? Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be something? Um, let me know next week when we, when we talk live or, or, you know, shoot me a message or whatever. Uh, but I want to know. I just, I'm always a big fan of you know, flooding the state um, with nonsense, right? Uh, it's been referred to as like monkey wrenching the system. Uh, you know, when Occupy Wall Street and all, all that Occupy stuff was a thing, I said Occupy Jail, right? You know, stop fighting it. Just, just, just fill up the jails. Just overload them. You know, if you're going to be homeless anyway, just, just be homeless in jail, um, and, and bog down the jail system, bog down the court system. Just, just give them a, give them a hard ass time. I mean, if they're going to be dicks about everything, just give them a hard ass time. And I think this is another area where we can just give them a hard ass time, right? Every, every time, just you know, oh, you're, they're so negative. We're, we're just going to sue the health, sue the state. I guess is my point here um, for things like that, and hold them accountable if they're going to assume the responsibility. Hold them accountable and make them pay when they're negligent. All right. One more quick thing before we get into uh, Rich reads the news and, and headlines here. Um, aside from this type of thing and my you know anarchistic activities, um, I've, I've returned to my roots uh, as a as a you know video gamer gamer video game player, um, and I've I've managed to acquire the newly released Switch. So I'm proud of that. So I'm just letting you know I'm proud. I've got it. You know I got it in hand. Um, but the reason I'm sharing that um, is because uh, apparently now they're sold out all over the world, and I've got two, and one of them is now for sale um, as of as of this uh, recording. Who knows by the time you listen to it? Um, and you know, uh, I was I had a brief interaction with a, a friend on Facebook um, about the you know the scalp price of of such uh, electronics, 
And my comment to him was, well, the aftermarket price is the market price. Um, and the reason I say that is because, you know, if, if economically speaking, right, when something like this goes on sale and sells out as quickly as it did, <clears throat> as globally as it did, right, the likelihood is or the indication is that the price was too low to begin with. Right, which is why I don't necessarily have a problem, you know, with uh, with concert scalpers and and sporting activity scalpers and that, um, because in my mind, you know, they 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 bear a risk of buying it at whatever retail price it's listed as, um, and they risk not selling it uh, and losing money, which I did. Right, I'm I'm it's my my second one is currently for sale, and I risk losing money or not making any money on it at all, depending on what the market is, and I it's a risk I I'm taking. Um, but my point is uh, that the, the the cost is partially uh, due to that risk, but partially because it's underpriced to begin with, right? They they they've underestimated demand for the product, and any profits um, that the scalpers and aftermarket sellers make um, realistically could have been in the profits of the manufacturer if they had priced their item um, more reasonably i don't know if that's the right word i don't know if the, more more in more more in alignment uh, with what the market would bear and a couple things happen when you price the item uh more in alignment with what the market will bear uh number one you reduce the risk uh or, or the chances not not necessarily the risk you reduce the chances of all of them being sold out and if they still sell out then you know you priced it too low yet again <clears throat> Um, but you 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 reduce that chances, um, and I, if the goal is to sell out and you know let the scalpers make a profit, by all means you know do what you got to do. Um, but you 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 forego profits by uh, by selling your items at a discount, based on what the market will bear. Not like the sale price, not like you know below MSRP, not like oh we're having a super duper blowout sale, but but at a, at a discount to what the market price actually is. <clears throat> Um, and what I was, what I, my comment to, um, this friend of mine was, you know, the aftermarket price is the fair market price. Like that's, that's the price that the market will actually bear. And we'll, we'll find that because some of the items that are, you know, some of the scalpers, um, hopefully not me, some of the scalpers won't be able to sell theirs, sell their item for what they think they they can get for it. And they're gonna have to start, you know, reducing the price back down, uh, until it hits some sort of equilibrium between what they want. Um, and what the, you know, the original retail price was, or maybe even below that, who knows? Probably not below that. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers, not below that, but the company forgoes those profits and the scalpers take the risk and, and assume them. Um, and so, you know, when, when, when this thing happens, right, it was like, oh, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be that scalper guy. You know, you don't want to be that, that dick who goes out and just resells it. I was like, well, why not? Right? Why not? If if it's if it's below market value, maybe that's a better word. Below, if it's below market value, and you can scoop it up below market value, and and immediately arbitrage that into a profit, um, why not do so? That you know, and for for anything, right? For concert tickets, for sporting good tickets, for electronics, whatever it happens to be, um, it's an arbitrage opportunity to just you know to flip it, right? You 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 or a house, right? You flipping houses is a thing, and people go, like, no no one thinks anything of it. Oh yeah, you bought the house and you fixed it up a little bit and you sold it for a lot more than what it paid you cost to fix it up. Well yeah, well similar idea, right? You go wow, that's that's well well below market value. Let me buy like ten of them and then sell it at market value and see what I can get. Um, <clears throat> And so, 
even and this is again without you know government regulations without without state interference without anything like that it's just it's just recognizing that in these types of situations um on the economic side of things sorry ancoms uh but the you know the, the fundamental economic side of things is it's it's discounted and you can make a profit and and why not do so um and we've talked about scalpers in the past and i have no problem with it i go well they're just trying to find the market value. They're just trying to find the market price uh, for the thing. And I would say that if the manufacturer sold it at a higher price, um, the the market value, right, what the people see it as, I don't think would change too much, right? Like if this if this uh, new console was uh, retailing for five hundred bucks, um, I don't think as many scalpers would pick it up because I don't think they'd be able to flip it for the profit that they're looking at because it, it would be it would be closer to what the actual market value is and less people would buy it, <clears throat> right? Less people would be lining up uh, outside the stores looking for it. Um, it still might sell out, um, but it w- there, there wouldn't be as in high demand at that price, right? Fundamentally, right? Econ 101, even though this is episode 102, uh, you know, fundamentally, it would be a lot. Lo- it would, it would, there would be a lot less people demanding that product, um, and then you know, maybe the equilibrium price, uh, the 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 equilibrium profit, uh, would be higher. Who knows? I don't. I, you'd have to look at the actual chart and look at the actual data. Um, but my point is, you know, if if you have the the fixed supply and and you're already selling out, your price is too low, um, and it's up to the scalpers uh, and the the risk takers to find the true market value uh, in that. I think that's all I had to say about that. Just the, you know, the aftermarket, the aftermarket price is the fair market price uh, when dealing with things that uh, appear to be at a discount. All right, let's do some headlines. Headline: uh, Teaching kids to trust the police is child abuse. Headline: Citizen militia experiences explosive growth following the last election. Headline: Stop banning Muslims. Stop banning guns. Headline. Uh, the seasonal Republican welfare program. Headline: ATF busted for illegally selling millions of world's deadliest drug. Headline: Fifty uh, percent of college students believe their student loans will be forgiven by the federal government. Uh, headline: Muhammad Ali Jr. illegally detained at Florida airport on suspicions of being a Muslim. And finally, headline: uh, Mexico tariff will attract, not deter, immigrants. All right, uh, I tried to line these up in the order that I want to talk about them. So let's go right back to the beginning. Headline, uh, teaching kids to trust the police is child abuse. Uh, This comes from the Libertarian Institute. Uh, Reading into the article, integral to the American concept of liberty is the right to hold the state at bay, which is why children are never too young to to, to be taught to regard government employees with suspicion and defensive hostility. Some conscientious parents in Northampton, Massachusetts, acted on that principle by demanding an end to a program intended to habitu- habituate public school inmates to the presence of police officers. The local police department, acting on an initiative that originated with the International Association of Chiefs of Police, has dispatched officers to the local elementary school each week for an event called High Five Friday, in which students would exchange friendly greetings with cops who in practically any other context would treat such physical contact as a felonious assault on an officer. Police Chief Jody Casper explained that she thought it was a great way to start building relationships with young kids. 
That program was paused following complaints from a handful of parents who believe that it is the better part of wisdom to teach their children to avoid contact with the police rather than seeking it out. In announcing the decision on its Facebook page, the department mentioned that children of color, undocumented immigrant children, or other children who may have had negative encounters with law enforcement had expressed concerns about the program, which queued up the predictable reactions from the punitive populist faction. Why don't you toughen up out there in Northampton, all right? Uh, er er Erectated Bill O'Reilly. I don't know. I don't don't know how to pronounce that word. Uh, Offering the jocular suggestion. Uh, At least I think he was kidding that the principal and the school board should be arrested. Minor league talk radio personality Charlie Brennan insisted that this is why Donald Trump's going to get reelected. Stories like this. A contributor to the New American magazine who serves as the publication's liaison to the white nationalist subculture snarked that there's no more safe space for law-abiding citizens than when the police occupy part of it, and insisted that no true American could possibly object to having an armed, costumed stranger clothed in qualified immunity breathing down his neck. It's entirely understandable, for instance, that a child hailing from a third world nation with corrupt police may feel apprehension at the sight of the men in blue, he patriot explained. But not that long ago, people would have understood that proper response. You take the student aside and gently explain that the police visiting his school are there as friends. Some might also wonder about the the parenting evidence here. Uh, He continued in the style of a Soviet commissar tutoring parents about their duty to raise children in the fear and admonition of the state. If your child has some irrational cop phobia, do you try and educate and change his mind? Or should you moan and groan and change all of society to accommodate irrationality? The Caucasian leftists and minority parents who complained about the police outreach program embody the snowflake spirit of the age, concluded the TNA contributor, who otherwise barren rhetorical pantry is well stocked with cliches. To be fair, the story does expose a rather shocking failure on the part of the parents in the community. That is, those who accepted the program with bovine docility rather than expressing skepticism about it. If it is irrational for parents to teach their children to be leery of police officers, why do police officers and prosecutors cultivate that attitude within their own children? Every parent whose children have been sentenced to attend uh, the regime's mind laundry should review the advice offered by Professor James Duane of Regent University Law School in his slender and indispensable book, You Have the Right to Remain Innocent. Over the past several years, Professor Duane has made hundreds of presentations, each of which begins with an invitation to any audience member whose parents were police officers or prosecutors to share the advice they had been given by their parents about what they should do when the police want to talk, uh, what to talk to them. I think it's want, want to talk with them. Every time this happens without exception, I've been told the same thing. Years ago, my parents explained to me that if I were ever approached by a law enforcement officer, I was to call them immediately. And they made sure that I would never agree to talk to the police, Dwayne recounted. Not once have I ever met the child of a member of law enforcement who had been told anything different. News accounts of this controversy in Northampton claim that the parents who objected to the police outreach program include those with children who may have had negative encounters with law enforcement. Wow, only in grammar school and they already have the sour relationship with police, sneers the above-quoted TNA commentator. Uh, Their futures are bright. It is surpassingly easy for children to find themselves detained, shackled, or otherwise abused uh, as by police as a result of entirely trivial misconduct. 
Witness the case of Michael Davis, a five-year-old from California who was arrested, cuffed, and hauled away to jail for battery on an officer. After he pushed away the hand of an officer who had touched him without consent and kicked the assailant in his knee in an act of righteous self-defense. This case, as it happens, did involve the delicate snowflake who filed a complaint after its feelings were hurt. None other than Lieutenant Frank Gordo, who claimed that he had been discriminated against the mother of his victim after she took the story to the media. Uh, incidents of this kind are becoming commonplace. Two years ago, a misbehaving third grader in Covington, Kentucky, had his arm shackled behind his back at the elbows for 15 minutes by a sheriff's deputy. The eight-year-old supposedly attempted to elbow the deputy after going to the bathroom. You don't get to swing at me like that, the heroic tax feeder lectured his captives. You can do what we've asked you to do, or you can suffer the consequences. Yet it is never too early to begin indoctrinating children about the state's monopoly on violence. In 2014, deputies in Greene County, Virginia, handcuffed a four-year-old uh, who had been disrupted in class and briefly detained him at the sheriff's office. The sheriff insists that the deputy did what he had to do and claims that the mother was appreciative of the way he handled the situation, uh, which, if it were true, would be utterly horrifying. Until recently, school resource officers in Texas would routinely treat student misbehavior as misdemeanor criminal offenses, issuing citations that could lead to fines and jail time. School officials in Syracuse, Utah, have warned the students who are found at the high school during release time religious instruction would be issued trespassing citations that, once again, can lead to fines and even jail time. The amalgamation of public education and law enforcement has created countless variations of the theme of criminalizing what had once been treated as minor disciplinary matters. While police can cause problems for students who misbehave, their presence in schools can be even more dangerous to youngsters who are obedient and conscientious. Professor Duane urges parents to teach their school-age children that you cannot listen to your conscience when faced by a police officer and think, I have nothing to hide. Police are trained to lie as an investigative tactic and rewarded when their lies prove to be instrumental in obtaining convictions. Innocent and well-mannered children who somehow find themselves on the receiving end of police attention are sometimes the most likely to be unfairly influenced by deceptive police interrogation tactics because they tragically assume that somehow truth and justice will prevail. Later, even if they falsely admit their guilt, Dwayne emphasizes, you cannot safely trust a single thing police officers say when they are trying to get you to answer their questions. Even if you are innocent, the police will do whatever it takes to get you to talk if they think you mightn't be guilty. <clears throat> no better illustration of that reality can be found than the case of Idaho Falls resident Christopher Tapp, who had spent 20 years in prison for a murder he did not commit. The only evidence against Tapp was a patently false confession extracted from him through the efforts of the IFPD sergeant and future Idaho Falls mayor, Jared Furman. Furman! Furman! Had been a DARE instructor and resource officer at Tapp's junior high school. Following the June 1996 murder of 18-year-old Andy Dodge, uh, the IFPD was left without any good leads after DNA evidence had cleared three young men considered suspects, including Tapp. Furman! had originally intended to bully Tap into implicating two of his friends and used his supposed friendship with, with his victim to lure him into, into an, a lengthy interrogation sessions. Once all three suspects had been cleared, the interrogation mutated into something akin to psychological torture. Eventually, Furman convinced Tap that unless he confessed to some role in the murder, he would inevitably be sent to the electric chair. Uh, Christopher just kept saying, Furman is my friend, Mom. He wouldn't put my life in jeopardy. He wouldn't lead me astray. His mother, Vera Tapp, told me in a telephone interview. He was just such a good old boy with Christopher. You can see it in the videos. Oh, Christopher, we're friends. We're buddies. You know, laughing and joking around. And that's just what he did when Tapp was in junior high. 
He was learning people's trust and how to manipulate people, and that's what he did. He manipulated Christopher. <coughs> In a, it is a screaming pity that Christopher Tapp wasn't given the advice that police and prosecutors offer to their own children. Do not, under any circumstances, talk to a law enforcement officer beyond demanding access to your parents and, if possible, an attorney. Uh, given that police and prosecutors tell their own children not to trust law enforcement officers, uh, why should parents employ the uh, productive sector? Why should why shouldn't parents employed in the productive sector do likewise? Uh, end of the article. I recently had my son come visit um, for like a week, and I got to spend a few days with him uh, because you know he came down visiting other people, and he just happens to hang out with me every once in a while. Um, and be because of the nature of my relationship with him, um, I'm usually less than parental because personally, I don't feel, I don't, I don't feel like I have a right to, to, you know, to like to, to dictate anything to him, you know, uh, in, in, in that form or fashion. Um, I also believe in, you know, in, uh, as a volunteerist and as an anarchist that he is, uh, that our relationship is of, uh, free choosing and, f and free interaction, right? If he doesn't want to hang out with me or do anything with me, then, you know, I, I'm not going to force it. I'm not gonna say like, ah, oh, as your dad or as your father, you, you must, uh, I don't really do that. Um, so if he wants to come hang out, we hang out. If he doesn't want to come hang out, I do other things and that's, that's just how it goes. But we did some cool things. Um, but it's, it's weird for me. To broach subjects like this uh, with him, he's 11, by the way. So you know, I don't know, I don't know what age is appropriate for stuff like this, but I, I think it's okay. Um, and I've, I, I, you know, I hint at stuff like this um, every once in a while, <clears throat> um, depending on you know the situation that we find ourselves in uh, when he's around, when when I do get the chance to see him. Um, but uh, when articles come up like this, I go, man. Like I hope, I hope he's never in that situation, uh, because quite frankly, um, I'm not around to help or to advise or to you know to protect uh, in any way. Um, uh, we live in Hawaii. Uh, if you if you don't already know, if, you, if you're not a long time listener of the show, uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, but we do the show from Hawaii, and if you're familiar with Hawaii, it's multiple islands, and he lives on a different island than me, so it's you know. Visiting and you know and all that is is more difficult than just like oh yeah I'm gonna pick you up from school today bud, um, but it 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 worries me um, that he may find himself in a similar situation and and not have you know fatherly advice from me on how to properly handle it based on articles like this, um, and so I get concerned just a little bit. Um, and it, it's not like he's a bad kid. He's not like a degenerate yet. Like he, he's, he's not in the teens yet. We got two more years before that happens. Um, he's not there yet. So, you know, he's, he, he's, you know, so far, uh, you know, what appears to be, uh, well-adjusted and friendly kid. Um, but again, that doesn't matter to, to members of the state, right? Like that doesn't matter to police officers. doesn't matter to the health inspector. Uh, it doesn't matter to them. They, they, you know, they, they, they get on a mission. They're once, you know, they're, they're robots, uh, in, in flesh bodies. Um, and it just, it concerns me to read articles like this, to know what's possible. Uh, and to know that even though he's, you know, fairly well adjusted and, and a decent human being, as far as I can tell, based on the limited interactions that I have with him and the reports I get from other people, 
um, that he may find himself in in a situation like this and not know how to handle it um, because the the people around him now um, may not have the same information that I do or may not have the same thoughts and feelings about it as I do. Uh, and so, uh, and so I, I just, I, I get concerned. Um, and occasionally like occasionally a conversation will pop up and you know, I'll, I, I, I cannot bite my tongue despite, you know, who he is. Uh, and I think we were watching, how's it? Well, I, we were watching Zootopia. If you haven't seen it, great movie in 3d, uh, in fact, um, and at one point in the movie, you know, it's it's hard for me to get behind, you know, the the main character, the, the protagonist, right? Because she's a cop, and I don't like cops, and I don't care about you, Officer Hobbs. Just, you know, I, I was hoping that, you know, the villain would squish her, ice her, uh, early on. Uh, but either way, so at one point in time, she, like, you know, stops the, the fox uh, and, you know, cites him for, like, you know, felony tax evasion um, for making millions of dollars in unpaid taxes. Uh, and my my 11-year-old, son commented something like well you could just pay the taxes i was like ah, right like how 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 can this be you you are you are not my child um again you know that that thought quickly passed um it's likely untrue um and i i said well but he shouldn't have to right like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to goad him into a conversation i'm trying to antagonize my own kid into a conversation about the legitimacy of taxes uh, we, all in good fun, right? Um, but hopefully something sticks when I say it. Um, and, and I said, "Well, you shouldn't have to." And, he's, and he kind of agreed that you know, eh, I guess not. But but you got so much money, you might as well give. Some. I'm like, well, that's a little bit different, right? If you're if you're saying that you know he he might be able to you know give a little bit because he has a lot, is different from saying that he must and it must be taxed and there must be consequences. Um, and, and, you know, coming from an 11 year old, right, I'm not sure if he's already smart enough to not argue with me or, you know, if it's, it's a worry of his because I'm, uh, I, I guess I'm still the dad, right? And you, you don't get to talk back or whatever, which I told him, like, I don't, I don't care. Like, you can say what you want. Um, but hopefully his, his lack of argumentation was that some sort of information was sinking into his tiny little skull. Uh, about the nature of the state and about the nature of taxations, because in the brief encounters that I do have with him, uh, I have to take those moments as they come uh, and, and to get that, you know, to get that plastered in. Um, but if I had this article and I could send him the article, but I doubt he'll read it. Right. He won't. He won't read this. Uh, this is, you know, this is what daddy does. Um, but if I if if I were around more. Right. You can better believe that articles like this would be, you know, nearly daily reading uh, for for me and for him uh, to make sure that he's somewhat protected against these monsters. Right. Against these parasites on the planet, against these, you know, despicable uh, human beings. And people go, like, oh, you don't like cops. And I go, I don't like public school teachers. I don't like anybody that, you know, collects a paycheck from the state. Uh, I'm 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 more sympathetic toward you know welfare people, um, even though I would sweep that rug out from under them in a heartbeat as well, right? Um, but at least for some of them, I go well. You're just playing the game, right? You know, if, if, if I, my my feelings, even though I would sweep the rug out from under them in a heartbeat, uh, my general feeling towards towards those folks uh, because they're not the ones you know actively doing the theft. They're just like taking advantage of it. Um, is more 
okay, you know, uh, as whatever burden you can put on the state, you know, put a burden on the state. Uh, you know, and then and hopefully the productive people will get fed up and stop paying. Um, but they, they shouldn't be the, they, they shouldn't be the welfare state either, right? That's a whole thing that should just disappear uh, overnight. And you go, well, what will happen to all the poor, to you know, the sick, the infirmed? I go, I don't care. I really don't care. It's not my job to figure it out. If you're concerned, go help them. Um, I just want to stop, you know, stealing from productive people, and I want to stop, uh, the, you know, the the indoctrination of the children. That's the other thing with my kid, right? Like. I, I'm not, I don't have the authority to pull him out of school. I just have to, you know, I just, you know, when they go like, oh yeah, he got such good grades, he got some more, and I go, I don't care. He shouldn't be there. And then when he comes around, he goes like, look at my, I, go, I don't care, you shouldn't be there. Smart kids don't go to public school. They don't go to private school either. You know, they're, they're the homeschoolers, the, the, the free schoolers, the what, whatever label you want to put where the self-directed learning schoolers um, that just let their natural ability and their natural curiosity uh, take over. And if you're good at something and you want to pursue it, please continue to pursue it. Uh, if you want to go to school, fine. You know, that's your choice. Um, but I, I don't want to hear how, like, bright and enlightened you are uh, if you're choosing to be in an indoctrination camp uh, just because you get to talk to your friends for a few minutes out of the day. Uh, not my thing. Um, e- even though I went through uh, private school and I got the degrees and all that stuff, uh, I wholly, wholly uh, advocate against this now to anyone with an ear. And if it comes up, um, if it comes up in conversation, you can bet, like, let my opinion be heard. Um, and so it's, it's uh, again, difficult uh, to get these messages across to him because of, you know, the limited amount of time I had with him uh, during every, like, interaction and visit. Uh, and I just, I just hope uh, that some of the things that I say stick, and that I hope um, that even though his, you know, it's it's uh, a few years beyond like the the base stage for you know the programs to be indoctrinated into his head, um, that he's he's well adjusted enough, like me, of course, uh, to to flip that switch and really figure out what's going on. Right, because I, I understand that at one point I was probably more like him than I am like me now, uh, because no one was I didn't have me in my life to tell me the things that I know now, right? I had, I had to go out and figure this shit out uh, on my own uh, with resources, right? Like I, when I say on my own, I don't mean like I I, I came to all these conclusions on my own. Uh, what I mean is there, there I didn't have a mentor. Uh, 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 fatherly figure or a motherly figure or anyone going you know the state's kind of fucked up kid you know and here's why right and here's what you can do about it <clears throat> i didn't have that so my development started late late later in life uh and if i can prevent that you know from from the kids and the teenagers and you know the youngins that i have influence uh as small as that influence may be with um the more power to me uh for doing it for them but for for me it's mostly like if you want to learn, you come talk to me. If you don't want to learn, I'm going to say I told you so later when you do figure it out. Because at some point, you'll have an epiphany. You'll, have it, you'll figure it out. And be like, oh, my God. Rich was saying this forever. As far as I know. Um, so hopefully hopefully that'll happen. And hopefully with, with the case of my son, that these, these little lessons um, that I can bring up um, will, will help him um, make it through life without having any, you know, any encounters with the cops where they try to pull some nonsense on him. 
Like, I don't want to hear about High Five Fridays uh, at his school because even though I don't have any control over it, I'll be pissed. <clears throat> All right, next article. Headline. Citizen militia experience explosive growth following the last election. Uh, reading into the article, until the 1990s, civilian-run volunteer militias weren't all that common in the United States. They were the fringe of the fringe in our culture. But after Waco and Ruby Ridge, their ranks swelled and they became a common subject in the news and in pop culture. Their numbers fell again under President Bush and then grew to new heights under President Obama. It's an obvious pattern. Conservative militias uh, multiply like crazy under Democratic presidents and for good reason. When Democrats take the reins of government, they always threaten to restrict gun ownership, then decide under Republican administration when conservatives don't feel as threatened. However, there may be a new trend emerging. CBS Atlanta recently did a piece on a militia called the 3%er Security Force, uh, which obviously showed them in slightly negative light given their source. The organization is run by Marine Corps veteran Chris Hill, who says that their membership has grown from a few dozen uh, to the uh, roughly 400 members since November. The Marine told CBS that the militia would protect the Second Amendment under any administration and that the government and law enforcement agencies disarming people is, cons- is a constant threat. That doesn't sound very different from the stated objective of a conservative militia that emerged since the 90s. So why is this militia membership growing so drastically during the early stages of a, of a Republican administration? What's different this time? The answer may lie in how the left has responded to Trump being elected, according to Hill. The level of violence I see coming from these protests is alarming. I think it creates more of a need for people like us to be there, Hill said. Hill says, just as anti-Trump supporters have a right to organize and protest, his group wants to show their presence. We have a duty to protect our freedom, our liberty, our constitutional republic, Hill said. That responsibility can't be deferred to, you know, Congress. <clears throat> so radical leftists and conservative militias are experiencing explosive growths at the same time, and neither of them are afraid uh, to present themselves in the streets of America. While I do support the rights of militias, I have to say this probably won't end well. End of the article. Now, I'm a big fan of branding. Um, so over a year ago, um, I was thinking, you know, uh, what if if I were to start a militia group, um, you know, and 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 help protect the Second Amendment? Not exactly, but just you know, just just have an, a, a a group of friends, right, who are like who are into guns and would you know would do the right thing in the right circumstance with those guns. Um, so I I created a group, Facebook group, of course, why not? Uh, called the Alliance of the Righteous Marksmen, defensive, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the acronym for that is ARMED, right? Um, but, uh, but I, uh, you know, because I'm clever like that, too. Uh, and I just thought, you know, you know it, th- these types of groups, uh, I think, are necessary regardless of who's in, po- who's in political power. Uh, I don't fear, uh, the, you know, I don't fear the left, uh, the leftist violence uh, that much as, as much as I fear, you know, the state's violence in, in total. Um, but at the same time, I understand, you know, I understand the need, uh, you know, for, for protective forces, right? And, and it's partially because of, you know, the, the ANCOM left <clears throat> when dealing with these protests because they have a tendency to burn the wrong building. 
right? They're like, oh, we, we need, this is getting out of control. We need to stop the state. And then torch up a Starbucks. Uh, and we've talked about this before uh, a, a little bit and how that's so stupid and so counterproductive and so anti what you're trying to do um, that it, rather than rather than torch a Starbucks, go torch the state house, right? Go 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 torch some government. Go torch some government building, uh, even if it happens to be like a public school. I don't care, right? Any, any anything government property uh, is is up for grabs as far as you know shit that's okay to burn down. Um, but as long as you're going to be, you know, torching private establishments uh, and personal businesses, uh, if mom, Starbucks or a mom and pop shop, I don't care. Right? As long as you're going to be doing that, then there should be some counterforce uh, on the defensive side, right? And it's obviously not going to be the police because the police, you know, don't do anything. Uh, you know, they, they, they snatch and grab and they, you know, they, they'll try to be, you know, they, they try to do crowd control, but when it gets, you know, when they, when they come up to a, a large enough crowd, they kind of just like hold the line and don't really stop. They don't really stop the, the, the vandalism and the vagrant behavior. But if you had a group, right, if you were part of a group, uh, a part of an alliance of righteous marksmen, defensive, right, then maybe you'd have some buddies with, you know, rifles on your rooftop. Uh, you know, scoping down uh, on the people with with the Molotov cocktails about to throw it at the wrong building. Uh, And maybe that group would be okay, you know, since at that point it would be, you know, it would be an act of self-defense and preservation of property uh, to take those people out. Um, And, uh, you know, so so I don't care if it's conservative or liberal or uh, left or right uh, or Republican or Democrat in power. Right, but the but groups like this should exist, and 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 good that they're growing as long as they're growing for the right reasons. If your only if your only objective is to like you know uh, protect the Second Amendment and we need constitutional laws and we support the police and all that nonsense, then, then forget about it. Um, but if you're if you're there, right, and to assist uh, and to protect uh, property rights and 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 life, right, then good. Get on the rise. Uh, because you know, if 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 one side is growing and they're doing stupid damage to pri- to, to life and property, uh, and you can't count on the state, uh, well then, and this would be you know this would be uh, an agorist type of thing. Throw that word out there again, right? To show the average everyday Joe citizen out there, who you know Joe Sheeple citizen out there, um, that protection uh, absent the state is possible. And protection without the police is possible. Um, and protection services uh, that are paid for voluntarily uh, is possible, right? Uh, like, oh, no, they might not come if I don't have a contract with them. Oh, well, yeah, well, you just you pay after the fact then, right? You know, you, you're aware that there's going to be a bill. Um, and just, you know, I, I hate to use the analogy, but just like right now, um, you know, if, if you get an ambulance ride, you don't get a quote from the ambulance service. Uh, you just go like, oh shit, I need an ambulance, and then they send you a bill, and you bitch about the bill. And, oh, I can't believe it's eight hundred thousand dollars. And oh well, I, I needed the ambulance. I guess I, I guess I have to pay. Or maybe you don't. You know, if you didn't call them and they showed up, I I'd say you probably don't have to pay. It's free service in my mind. Um, but if you call them and, they, and didn't get a price quote, right? Then you just you pay what's fair. And if you want to arbitrate it after the fact, by all means do so. Um, but I th- I think these 
I think that these militia groups um, and you know future groups like the Alliance of the Righteous Marksmen, defensive, uh, future groups like that uh, have a place in polite society, in a free society, uh, and, and their existence now can lead as an example of how protection services will exist uh, absent the state, absent the police force, and absent that level of coercion. Um, so good that they're on the rise. Uh, not so. You know, who cares uh, about their their politics as long as they're they're doing the right thing for liberty and for freedom. All right, let's do one more headline uh, since this will not stop being in the news. Jesus, can we get over this? Uh, stop banning Muslims. Stop banning guns. Uh, the debate over President Trump's travel ban and the debate over gun control looks surprisingly similar, except for who's on which side. In each case, supporters of the policy argue that it's necessary in order to prevent incidents of lethal violence, while opponents argue first that the policy's likely impact on such incidents is overstated, and second, that it's unjust to restrict the freedom of a vast group, most members of which are peaceful and innocent, merely on the grounds that a small percentage of that group's members might turn violent. When the vast group in question is Muslim immigrants and would-be immigrants, those defending restrictive policies tend to be Republicans and those in opposition tend to be Democrats. On the other hand, when the vast group in question is gun owners and would-be gun owners, those defending restrictive policies tend to be Democrats and those in opposition tend to be Republicans. Yet, it's hard to see how the two cases differ in fundamental principle. Either the state is justified in disrupting, micromanaging, and in many cases endangering large numbers of innocent lives for the sake of a speculative chance of blocking a small number of criminals, or it isn't. The rights and wrongs of such case can, can't magically reverse themselves depending on whether the, it's gun owners or Muslim immigrants who are being targeted. Uh, notice, too, how similar are the rhetorical, are the rhetorical appeals made by promote proponents of restrictive policies in both cases. Look into the eyes of the families impacted by gun violence, many Democrats urge, and consider how you can dare to support the rights of gun owners in the face of these victims' sufferings. Or again, look into the eyes of families impacted by domestic terrorism, many Republicans urge, and consider how you can dare to support the rights of Muslim immigrants in the face of these victims' sufferings. Each side finds such emotional blackmail convincing in one case while rightly remaining unmoved by it in the other. Uh, for such appeals invariably blur the distinction between an innocent and many uh, and a criminal few. The pragmatic aspects of the two policies are similar also. A travel ban's likely impact on terrorist acts is questionable, given that most recent acts of terrorism within the United States have been homegrown, and given that many of those blocked from entry are potential allies against terrorism. Similarly, gun control's likely impact on gun violence is questionable, given the existence of a thriving black market in guns, and given, and given gun ownership's role as a deterrent to crime. In both cases, the cost of government action is a curtailing of freedom for millions of harmless people, uh, while the benefits appear scanty. Uh, liberals and conservatives both, dis both display inconsistency. Each group employs arguments in connection with one issue that they forcefully reject in connection with the other issue. Uh, when Donald Trump's son compared the risk of letting in Syrian refugees to eating Skittles from a bowl in which a large number of Skittles were poisonous, liberals were properly outraged, pointing out that such a comparison was not only insulting, but also grossly exaggerated uh, the risk involved. Yet liberal support for gun control is based on the same logic as the Skittles comparison, sacrificing the freedom of the many in order to ward off uh, a potential threat from the few, and likewise ignores evidence of gross exaggeration of risks. Liberals who rightly oppose Trump's travel ban should consider looking at their own support for gun control through the same analytic lens. <coughs> 
and conservatives who rightly oppose gun control should likewise consider looking at their own support for Trump's travel ban through the same analytic lens. Uh, travel bans use the violent actions of a few as a pretext to victimize millions of peaceful Muslims. Gun control laws use the violent actions of a few as a pretext to victimize millions of peaceful gun owners. Neither policy has any place in a free society. Uh, end of the article. And the circle goes round and round and round and round and round and round. Um, because it's always a, it's always a, a left-right circle. Right. Uh, you know, it, j- just as the article stated, uh, each side is unable to use the same logic um, as uh, uh, when when applied to their own. Right. And I, I remember having this experience with a, a show that I used to listen to. I haven't listened to it in, in quite a while um, called The Atheist Experience. Uh, hat tip uh, to them, because that's where, again, we got the name of this show. And they were good uh, on issues of uh, in, the, in a religious context. Right. But they were also like, you know, hardcore liberal Democrats living, you know, in the heart of Texas. And they could not apply the same logic and the same fundamentals and the same argumentation methodology uh, to their love of the state that they did uh, to the, you know, to their love of atheism, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, they, They just couldn't see that the same arguments that they made. Uh, against Christians and Catholics and Muslims and solipsists uh, and all of those people who would call into their show um, and call into my show. Why don't you guys call into my show? Uh, and, and, you know, uh, all the arguments that they used against those people on their show could be applied uh, to their love of the state uh, and, and they would be able to reject it uh, in the same form or fashion, which is one of the reasons why I stopped listening. It got, you know, I, I used to listen for the atheism and then, you know, it got too political. And I did, it, it's, it's like, I always want to tell shows like that, you know, stay in your lane, right? Uh, I, I listened to, I, I used to listen to that and I still listen to like, you know, tech shows, um, like, you know, This Week in Tech and, and, and that network of shows uh, on occasion. And every, any time that they, they get off the, they get off the, the tech news and into the politics of things, I just want to like shout out, stay in your lane. Right. You don't do the politics. You suck at the politics. You have no understanding of the politics uh, and, and, you know, what's right and wrong uh, because you come at it from a liberal leftist, you know, Democrat bias and you're unable to, to see the other side of things or see the whole picture uh, and what's good for people and what's good for liberty and what's good for freedom. Um, but round and round we go. Right. Uh, one side will never see that the, the, the same arguments can be used, uh, you know, against them if they were to apply it. Uh, and so they just go like uh, like the travel ban, uh, you know, ban the guns, let the Muslims in or ban the Muslims, let the guns in. Um, and both are stupid. And, you know, you shouldn't ban anything. None of that stuff. Right. Let let the Muslims in carrying guns <clears throat> and let them let them join the alliance of the righteous marksmen defensive. Uh you know, and if they if they act out right, if the if the violent few, the criminal few, act out, uh, treat them like criminals, right? Treat them like you would treat an American criminal, right? Who cares? Who cares where the country of origin is, right? If 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 you're acting criminally, be treated like a criminal. Uh, full stop. Period. End of story. <clears throat> it doesn't matter where you come from, and you don't need to be banned. Right? It's not like we don't have violence uh, and acts of terror, you know, within within the border, within the within the borders of this country, within the wall that's going to be built. It's not like the only violent terrorism comes from the outside, 
right? And and when violent terrorists act in the state, you know, inside the walls, inside the borders, you know, they they just get prosecuted like normal criminals do. They just go like, oh yeah, we're gonna arrest you, we're gonna take you to jail, and you're gonna get a public defender, and you know, you can hire a lawyer if you want to, but we have all this evidence mounted against you. Um, and, and so, what if they came from Syria or Afghanistan or Iran, right? If if they're acting peacefully, treat them peacefully. If they're acting criminally, treat them like a criminal. Uh, we need not look at skin color or race or country of origin or culture or anything like that. Uh, you know, in, 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 in my opinion, you know, like if, if your culture is so weak, right, that, that another culture can come in and dominate your culture, uh, well, then you, you've got you, your culture wins the Darwin Award, right? Uh, if, you can't def- if you can't defend against that, uh, then, then congratulations, you're, you're the weaker species, poof, be gone. Uh, I probably have more to say, and I'm probably rambling a bit too much, and I'm over my time. So I'm going to cut it short there. Uh, join us for the live show when we do it, uh, and stay tuned to anarchistexperience.com and our Facebook page uh, to, to find out when that happens, because at this point in time, we don't know when. Uh, we, have, we have a partial set schedule. Um, we, we like to do it, uh, we're, for now, anyway, um, Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. Hawaii time. Um, but depending on, you know, work schedules, or sometimes we just we fire it up and do it early to get it out of the way and get it done. Um, but thank you for listening to the podcast and, and tuning in. Uh, you know where to find us. Like I said, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Join the discussion in the groups, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, and if you want to and should, why not, uh, you know, throw a couple bucks our way, uh, donations accepted uh, through Patreon, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. Um, and one, one quick point of note, cause I hadn't had a chance to discuss with MC yet, but I'm going to talk about it here anyway. Um, I'm talking with a buddy of mine, um, and we're going to be doing a little bit of research, uh, on how to get this on local broadcast radio. Uh, if it happens, it happens and we'll make the announcement and then you'll be able to, 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 to listen to us there as well. Um, probably the two in the morning time slot, right? On Thursdays only, uh, or, or, or some nonsense like that. But Hey. You know, if we if we can get on the broadcast air, uh, I, I I'm okay with it. I know MC, you know, uh, thinks that that's uh, you know, way back tech, um, and we need to be you know moving toward the future. Uh, but we'll see. I got I got a buddy who wants to look into it, and I'm letting him be my ad guy. So we'll see what happens. Um, so that's it. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to y'all in a couple of days, hopefully. Uh, talk to y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>